What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, Thursday edition. I am Alex Shane here with Rich Hill getting ready for another massive Thursday night showdown as the Baltimore Ravens take on the New York Jets. Going to be a barn burner. Should be good stuff. (laughs) Great, great games every Thursday in and out from this wonderful league of ours. Rich, are you ready for week, what is it, 14 now? Uh, We're on week 15, man. 15. Look at me. Three games left this year. Hard to believe. Wow. Right. Uh, Patriots fortunately get their easiest game of the season against the 1-12 and Cincinnati Bengals. But never fear, there are plenty of other good games in Week 15. Uh, you know, some with a lot of big playoff implications. You got the 8-5 and Texans on the road against the 8-5 and Titans battling for the AFC South crown. You have the 9-4 and Bills against the 8-5 and Steelers. And then you also have the 5-8 and eight Broncos against the 9-4 and four Kansas City Chiefs. The Broncos, of course, coming off a complete dismantling of that Houston Texans team that is vying for a playoff spot. So perhaps the Broncos can upset the Chiefs one week after upsetting the Texans. Alec, where do you want to start this week? Yeah, it's funny. I think that there's some weird trend for teams that beat the Patriots the week before. They lay an egg the following week, and if they go to... If the Broncos go to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs, it'll completely cement my theory. They looked really good against the Texans, a Texans team that stymied the Patriots the week before. So that would be a huge upset. What they would also do, I believe, if the Texans beat the Titans, Rich, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if the Broncos keep the upset train rolling and the Texans beat the Titans, that knocks the Texans back up into the three seed, Chiefs are the four seed, correct? Yep, that is accurate because the Texans have the head-to-head. Great. So what that would also do is mean the Chiefs would be the four seed going to the uh, the Ravens in the playoffs in the divisional round if all things go the way they should, which also works out really well for the Patriots. Oh, absolutely. And it's kind of great that you get to think of the playoff seeding at this point because the Ravens are absolutely going to be that number one seed. They have a two-game edge on the Patriots. You know, they have the head-to-head as well as one victory edge. So there's very little chance that the Patriots will be able to overtake the Ravens in the final three weeks. So you can kiss home field advantage goodbye it's mostly about trying to secure that first round 
buy for you know literally every single year this decade. That's pretty impressive stretch. Patriots need to take care of business against the Cincinnati Bengals team. And, you know, it wouldn't hurt to have the Titans beat the Texans, so the Patriots don't have to worry about that head-to-head tiebreaker in the AFC South. It would be nice if the Broncos beat the Chiefs. And then it would also be nice to see the Buffalo Bills lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road because, my goodness, this 9-4 and Buffalo Bills team is not giving the Patriots any breathing room. And, Alec, at this point in the year, at Week 15, I'm quite used to the Patriots having the AFC East already wrapped up, and I don't like this one bit. Seriously, I mean, there's a very legitimate chance that the Bills-Patriots game in Foxborough could be for both the AFC East and the first round bye if things shake out a certain way. I never thought I'd be in a scenario where a late December game against the Buffalo Bills in Foxborough would have this kind of implications. But you know what? Good for Buffalo. I like Buffalo. They've been kind of the happiest little brother of the Patriots since <laughs> basically 2000. So... And they have a wonderful fan base, good sports town, so good for Buffalo. Hard to get too upset about them. But we can't think about Buffalo right now, Rich, because as Bill Belichick has said so famously in 2014, we're on to Cincinnati. The Bengals are hands down the worst team in the NFL. They're 1-12. Their one win is against the Jets because, of course, it is. Looking at this roster up and down, there's very little talent on this team. This should be a really good chance. We'll start with the offense, Rich. A good chance for the offense to, I guess, quote-unquote, right the ship against the Bengals' defense. Because if they can't move the ball against this Bengals' defense, there are very, very serious problems here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is what the doctor ordered for the Patriots, right? I mean, this is an offense that has not looked good since probably week two of the the regular season against the Miami Dolphins. It's been a long time since the Patriots offense has taken the field and I felt any sort of confidence other than, you know, when they beat the beat Washington back in week five and they, you know, crushed them 33 to seven. And it was because it was a really bad Washington team, not because they were playing a good NFL team, but that's the same case here with the Bengals. It would be nice just to have some sort of confidence boost with three weeks left in the regular season that the Patriots offense will be able to do something. And outside of Julian Edelman, who is in the middle of a career year, and outside of James White, who we know can produce when called upon, it's just that he hasn't been called upon as much for some reason, someone else has to step up. We, I don't think we can expect it from Philip Dorsett because he is what he is at this point in time. Perhaps, though, Tom Brady can continue to develop his rapport with someone like Mohamed Sanu, Nikhil Harry, or Jacoby Myers. One of those three players has to step up. I don't think you can count on a tight end to step up. I don't think you can expect Philip Dorsett at this point in time either. So when you're playing this Cincinnati Bengals team that does not have the greatest depth at the cornerback position, they've been battling a lot of injuries there. Drake Kirkpatrick is on the injured reserve, uh, and a few other players have been battling injuries. I like William Jackson the third a lot, but this is a defense that is exactly what the Patriots need in order for the receivers to win a matchup here or there that they have not been able to do against other teams. So who do you see as the big kind of guy? Is this going to be a running attack with the Patriots against this weak Bengals secondary? Their defensive line is pretty good, but I feel like if the Patriots get to the second level in the running game, they can really get some big chunks. Is this a passing game, as you mentioned? Do they run? Do they, they try and mix it up, trying to establish both? How do you attack this Bengals defense, Drew McDaniels? 
Yeah, I mean, this is a team where you can't forget Geno Atkins is one of the top five defensive tackles in the league. He kind of flies under the radar because it's the Bengals, but he is outstanding at what he does. He was Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald was a thing. They have Carlos Dunlap, who is a very, very uh, successful defensive end on the edge right there. Uh, they have some talent out there. They have some ability that will prevent the Patriots from having a cakewalk, and you can absolutely be sure that Geno Atkins is going to give James Ferentz, maybe Ted Karras, we'll see who if he's available to play, but he, he will give the Patriots center everything that they can handle. And so that's why my offensive X factor for the Patriots is the Patriots interior line, because I don't know who exactly the center will be. But what has flummoxed the Patriots offense in recent weeks has been when Tom Brady faces a lot of pressure. And the way teams have faced the Patriots has said, uh, Julian Edelman is your only receiver that you trust. And then there's James White as a blocker. So we will blitz, force James White to stay in the backfield, and then we will double cover Edelman. And then you will have no one else because no one else can get open. And so the longer that the Patriots interior line can keep the Wolves at bay, the better chance they have of succeeding. And so I think that the Patriots will probably run the ball a little bit with Sonny Michelle because they need to soften that front of the the Cincinnati Bengals, and maybe that will open up some of the play action and that will allow the, the Patriots to create some semblance of a passing game. That makes a lot of sense, and I think this is kind of thing where the play action gets going, and I hope there's a situation where the protection is up too, because if the Patriots can't get a solid protection against a good defensive line and a weak secondary, uh, it just doesn't really bode well for, for future games. They have a very tough Buffalo Bills defense on the horizon and some pretty good defenses in the playoffs as well, so I'm really hoping this is the game that they write the ship. Uh, if you're going to pick kind of a group as the next factor, I'm going to do the same, and I'm going to say the tight end group needs to step up, not only as a receiving threat, but one thing we're really missing this season, Rich, as uh, as Rob Gronkowski continues to enjoy his retirement, is a blocking tight end. We just don't have that. The The notion of being able to motion Gronk out wide, and if Brady sees a blitz package like, or he diagnoses the defense, he audibles, brings Gronkowski in to protect, we just don't have that in Ben Watson, Matt Lacoste, and, and Ryan Izzo when he's on the field. There's not a good blocking tight end, so I want to see the blocking tight ends do well. I want to see some some seam routes from, from Izzo and excuse me, from Lacoste and Ben Watson. There's something from the tight end because the production there is just really lacking. Yeah, and part of me wonders if they should bring Ryan Izzo back because, you know, even at this point in the year, he has 114 receiving yards. That's more than Matt Lacoste. I know that he's been injured, he's been off, but he is the only Patriots tight end to score a touchdown this year, which is mind-boggling after their stretch with Rob Gronkowski where it seemed like the Patriots tight ends were recording 20 touchdowns every single season. And for that just to completely vanish from the offense is absolutely going to be a hindrance for both Tom Brady and everyone else around them. It makes them a lot less versatile. So absolutely, I like that. Uh, the Patriots tight ends definitely do need to emerge. Uh this does seem to be the fix that the Patriots need on offense. When it comes to the defensive side of the ball, they don't really need too much help. And they should absolutely overpower the Cincinnati Bengals offense. Alec, if you are Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo, and Bill Belichick, how are you approaching this Bengals offense? I'm going in man coverage, and I am going to experiment with a lot of linebacker blitz packages i don't think there's a single receiver on the bengals that is better than any of the patriots secondary uh, i'm very curious to see if jason mccordy can go he's been missing a lot of time with an injury but their number one receiver 
uh, is Auden Tate, who might not play with a, with a knee injury. Alex Erickson and Tyler Boyd are their other two guys, and I will take Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson and crew over those guys any day of the week. So I will do man-on-a-man, allow McCourty to do like a, a good cover one look and a lot of creative linebacker and defensive edge blitz packages to confuse Andy Dalton, who has not had a good year, nor has any quarterback in the Bengals system, <laughs> and force them to throw the ball early. The real question is, can the Patriots stop the run? And if I'm the Bengals, I'm going to want to run the ball a lot. I'm going to run the ball with two good running backs uh, and Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard. The Bengals of the Patriots are susceptible to the run. They have been all year. So that's the real question. And I think the way to counteract that is every time they're in a clear passing down, you blitz the hell out of Andy Dalton. You get him seeing ghosts, as Sam Donald would say, and you force him into making mistakes. I like that. I like that. I mean, Dalton has recently been reinstated as a starter after they tried a three-week experiment with Ryan Finley at quarterback. That did not turn out too well for the Bengals. They lost all three of those games. And so Dalton is giving them a, I don't know, a little bit of a boost, theoretically. They've scored 22 and 19 points over the last two weeks. Uh, that was after they failed to exceed 13 points since week seven. So it's been a, a pretty bad drought for the Spengals offense. And I agree. If, if I am looking at this Bengals team and if Auden Tate, who is their biggest receiver at six foot five, is unavailable to go with his knee injury, that's worth monitoring. Then the biggest uh, options that the Bengals have are Joe Mixon at running back and then Tyler Boyd. And I like Boyd a lot. He is doing everything that he possibly can within the confines of an atrocious offense. They don't have A.J. Green, who has been battling an injury. So they will funnel their offense through either Tyler Boyd or Alex Erickson, who is their slot receiver, who should also be freed. And I think he would be just massively productive in the New England Patriots system. So if I am the Patriots defense, I am going to say, all right, if Audendate plays, I will put Stephon Gilmore on him on an island. I trust uh, that he can just absolutely erase him from the game. But then when it comes to Tyler Boyd and Alex Erickson, I really hope Jason McCourty is available to go because I think he is a perfect matchup for Tyler Boyd, who likes to flex inside and outside. If not, then I think that might be the, the call for J.C. Jackson. And then you have Alex Erickson, who is their slot guy. Patriots like to use Jonathan Jones there for the speedy receivers. I don't know if Erickson is necessarily that type of a player. He's not like in the Kenny Stills type of mold. Um, but he does provide a little bit of an issue for the Patriots. Uh, but I, I agree with you. Hat on a hat, this Patriots secondary is vastly superior to this Cincinnati Bengals receiving corp. And the big issue, I think, is with Joe Mixon. And so... If I'm the Patriots and if I'm going to stop this Bengals offense, I'm going to focus on having five men on the line of scrimmage, have Lawrence Guy, John Simon, Chase Winovich, Kyle Van Noy, all of these players just try and prevent Joe Mixon from getting anything going at any point in time on the ground. And I think they can do it. And that's actually why my X factor is going to be Danny Shelton. I think Danny Shelton will anchor the Patriots defensive interior. He will sit down. He will have a good matchup against this Bengals interior line. And I, I think that Shelton will have to be responsible for making sure Joe Mixon does not get anything going on that interior side. And if the Patriots can force the Bengals into second and third in long situations, this could be a very, very good game for the New England defense to capitalize on Andy Dalton's mistakes. 
Very underrated season Danny Shelton is having. Uh, I always like when he gets credit because I feel like those big nose tackle interior guys are more the space eaters and the gap guys that allow the linebackers to run free. Uh, speaking of linebackers, it's been a while since we had a really big Dante Hightower game. I don't think he's really gone off in a while when he's long overdue. I saw him on the sidelines of the Chiefs game with a, some kind of weird air cast on his knee for a while. He came out, looked like he was okay. But I think Dante Hightower is due for a big game, especially as kind of a, a blitzing linebacker and maybe as the guy that's that's assigned to hit Joe Mixon no matter where he is. So I'm hoping Dante Hightower does a good job as my X Factor. Nice. I like that a lot. Patriots linebackers are the bread and butter of this New England defense. They are the lifeblood. They provide all of the support and how they go, this Patriots defense goes. So I like that a lot. Uh, Alec, I have one more question for you before we get into game predictions. How is the Patriots defense or special teams going to score this week? They got jobbed last week when the officials blew the whistle when Stephon Gilmore was absolutely going to return that fumble for a touchdown. Are they going to get, you know, the ball don't lie sort of situation here? It's tough. I feel like, Rich, I may be wrong. I feel like you predicted a scoop and score fumble recovery. I did. Too. Uh, that really, that's a double whammy for you on that one. Um, yeah, so I feel like the fumble recovery for a touchdown got scooped out and taken, so it's very rare they'll do both. I feel like this is a primo pick six game for, uh, let's say, J.C. Jackson gets a pick six this week. He gets targeted a lot. Uh, he had a pick last week. Andy Dalton feel like he won't read the out route well enough, and either Jonathan Jones or J.C. Jackson takes one back to the house from, say, like the Bengals – 35 or 40-yard line. 40-yard pick six for J.C. Jackson. Ooh, I like that. I mean, Jackson's been such a ball hawk. He always seems to be in the right place, right time. He has three interceptions on the year, which is fantastic. He's doing a great job. Uh, I agree. I, I think that the Patriots will capitalize on another Andy Dalton uh, turnover. I think it'll be a fumble. Andy Dalton has six fumbles on the year. He seems to put the ball on the ground, and I think that we're going to see a fat guy touchdown this week. <laughs> nice. uh, we're going to see Chase Winovich force the fumble, and then my X-Factor, Danny Shelton, is going to pick it up and bulldoze his way roughly eight yards into the end zone for the score. I always love fat guys running. It makes everyone happy. <laughs> well, Rich, that leads us to predictions. Uh, Patriots are going to Cincinnati for a game against the Bengals. Last week, I had the Patriots beating the Chiefs 20-17. You had the Chiefs winning, so it makes the math very easy. You win the round, you get first pick. Who you got? Uh, well, you know, we're on to Cincinnati. I think that the Patriots are going to have the redemption moment. They are going to show that... They are still a contender that all of the naysayers are wrong. And I expect the Patriots offense to do much better than they have in recent weeks, partially because the Bengals defense is so bad, but also because they're too good to keep down. They, they seem to be just like a hair away from breaking it out every single week. And I expect there to be big gains off the screenplay from James White. I'm counting on that. I think we'll see a touchdown from a tight end. I think we'll see a score from a youngster like Nikhil Harry or Jacoby Myers. And I, I think Julian Edelman will be his usual reliable self. And I think that this Patriots defense has been outstanding all year. They will continue to be great this time against the Cincinnati Bengals team. And I, I think that the Patriots are going to win this one pretty comfortably with a final score of 28 to 10. 28 to 10. The Patriots finally score above 20 points, according to Rich Hill. Uh, I love that. I hope you're right. I think the Patriots take a big halftime lead, say a 17-6 halftime lead into the locker rooms, 
come out and coast. Don't do as well in the second half, but not because they can't. More just kind of a game plan specific thing. And I don't think the Bengals score much more than that. So I'm going to go with a 23 to nine Patriots win off two second half field goals from whoever the kicker of the Patriots is now. I think it's Nick Folk, but that could change between now and Sunday, given the carousel <laughs> they've had. But I'm going 23-9 Patriots. I like that a lot. You know, maybe it'll be Jake Bailey. Who knows? That'll maybe. Be, he, he's, he's worth a score at some point in time. Um, this has been fun. Alec, week 15, I'm excited for this. We are closing in towards the postseason. I'm very, very excited. Alec, thank you for doing such a great job this year. We still have time to go. I'm just really excited about Patriots potentially getting a victory against this Bengals team. Do you have any final thoughts on week 15 of the NFL season? We're on to Cincinnati. We are on to Cincinnati. And until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. Later, man. Later, man.